Welcome to On Stage with Android Maven, where we share content and insights to making us a better, impactful, and higher paid software engineers. My name is Uluwato Biloba Akinpelu, also known as Android Maven, and I'm super excited to be a host for today. episode 4, I have with me Ilel Korean. I mean, I'm so excited to bring Ilel Korean on this episode and I'm very sure that he's going to be talking to us about insight and content that is going to benefit you and you're going to learn from his experience. He's widely experienced in Flutter and other projects and I can't wait to have him talk. Welcome, hey, well, th- thanks very much for having me. Really appreciate it. Hopefully, hopefully it's helpful. <laughs> yes, I so much believe it's going to be helpful right now. And um, yeah, so um, Ilya, would you like to tell us about you, what to do? Sure. So uh, I've been developing for about 20 years, um, and I'm currently uh, the co-founder of Invoice Ninja, and we're the leading open source invoicing solution. Awesome. And... Uh, Okay, so um, how about uh, we'd like to also know you more um, because uh, majority of us really don't, uh, some, some, some don't know who Ilel is and what to do and, and uh, your, your experience and all. So if you'd like to, you know, tell us more about you. Sure, with pleasure. So uh, my background is uh, I grew up as a real geek, hardcore computers. Uh, I remember when I was younger, thinking I never wanted to do it for a living, right? This is my passion. <laughs> and so I studied other things in school, sociology, economics. Yes. Uh, and then I worked as a mediator for a little while. Um, uh, but then I realized, this is back around 2000, uh, a bit, maybe a year or so after. Mm. Um, I realized that you know, I was struggling really just to pay my rent. And a lot of my friends in the tech field were doing, doing much better financially. Mm. And I love computers. So it just seemed to kind of make sense. Uh, so I transitioned from, from, from mediation uh, so essentially, I went back to school at night mm. uh, and then started programming for a living. And it really is one of the best choices I've ever made. Uh, I love programming to get to do, get to, you know, something I joke and I get paid <laughs> to do it where I do, I do, I do it for free. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to. Uh, and, and it's great. And, and my background, uh, most of my career, I worked at a company called M5 Networks, which is a telecom startup in New York. Oh, okay. Uh, and it was a great, ex- yeah, it was a great experience starting. We were about 30 people when I joined. And eventually, it, was, it grew to about 200, and then it was bought by a public company. Whoa. And for me personally, you know, that was a great growth experience, getting to see what it was like transitioning from a very small company to a big company, much larger company, cons of both. Um, but I, I certainly found I think my nature fits better with a smaller startup environment, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm much happier now that I've kind of left that large company and now working with a tiny company, which is two partners, the Invoice Ninja. Wow, wow, that's amazing, and. Uh... Okay, so what what would you why why would you prefer to work in a smaller environment compared to the bigger environment where there are lots of developers and lots of um, sure that's a great question. I used to joke that at M five my my last company that as the company got bigger my small got my job got smaller. And <laughs> essentially, I always envisioned right that toothpaste factory we're eventually just screwing on toothpaste caps. 
Uh, I really enjoyed when I first started, I worked directly for the CFO. Mm. I was given problems and said, hey, here's a problem, come up with a solution. Mm. And I loved it. Right? It was just fun. Every day I really, got, I really enjoyed my, my day you know, coding, creating solutions. I oftentimes got it way up, <laughs> totally wrong. <laughs> but then I'd really you know, give it, but then you iterate, right? You, know, you yeah. keep iterating, iterating, and eventually you get it right. And as you gain more and more experience, those iterations mm. happen quicker and you make fewer mistakes. Mm. Uh, but as the company got bigger and bigger, you know, my role became much, much more limited. So one of the first signs is, you know, we hired a designer and that was great. You know, my, my apps didn't look great. So we got a designer to far improve the design of the apps, but I was still allowed to design the UX uh, mm-hmm. and the overall implementation. And then eventually that was kind of taken away. Eventually I was given kind of very specific specs yeah. and told to build it. And it's just for me personally, I found it a bit less fun. I think everyone's different. All developers are different. Some people prefer that approach. Mm. Um, but for me, you know, that was the part I love. That is the part I love the most, right? Figuring out what's the great UX solution. Um, so that was kind of a big turning point at the company. Uh, and then beyond that, it would, it would get even more limited, where initially you're kind of a full-stack developer kind of solving problems at every layer of the stack. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I would be very focused on a very specific layer, a very specific feature. Yeah. Uh, and less control, less input, you know, really just, uh, and eventually no input, right? And towards the end, uh, if I had a problem with the design, I had pretty much no way of changing it. Mm-hmm. And so I find the cost there is that very often, you know, the, you can get 80-20 many times, where with 80%, you can get 80% of the benefit with just 20% of the effort. Mm. But the problem in these larger companies is there is no communication channel to express that. So mm. you'll end up with these designs, especially if you're dealing with web technology or CSS, where some very specific feature might be hard to implement. But if you're willing to make a small change, you know, it, can be, you know, it can save you 10 times. You know, most of the work <laughs> is just disappears, but there's no channel. And essentially, if you make that change and deliver the product, then you failed because you haven't met what the spec says. Whereas in truth, it's not the, what the spec says that matters, right? It's the user experience that matters, the end product. Yes. Uh, and you sometimes you, you know you lose that. Wow, that's that's interesting. Um, okay, so I'm just I'm just thinking because as a developer, right? Uh, um, so myself, I I did I did take up some client projects um, from ideas to finish. And I've also been in a situation whereby I only had to fix a particular um, a particular bug or focus on a particular feature. And um, sometimes uh, I realize that I tend to have more time um, working on a feature than when I'm the only one or when we have few taking up the entire project. And uh, well, I, I believe that it's, it's all have its own pros and cons, but from my own perspective, right, uh, let's say for the beginners, for the intermediate, and for those who are who are experts, right? Um, which kind of project or how do you think uh, would be would be better to to deal or take up opportunities? Should they go to the big companies where they only have to focus on the little features, or in order for them to improve and build? experience and confidence um, that they should start with a small team? Right, that's a good question. I think in large part it depends on the specific developer. I think some developers are much for self-starters, willing to go to Google, Stack Overflow, to figure out the problem themselves. Mm-hmm. So sometimes at a very small team, you might not have someone who you can look up to for, for answers if you have questions. Whereas mm-hmm. at a larger team, you're much more likely to have a mentor or someone who really kind of show you if you get stuck. Um, but again, yeah, again, I think it depends on individual developers. I, I fundamentally believe developers are most productive when they're happy, when they enjoy what they're doing. Mm. And I think good managers understand that and make sure as much as possible the tasks developers are doing they enjoy and like working on. Um, for me personally, 
I feel very lucky to have had that experience working at a small company early on. Because yeah. uh, again, I think it gives you a broader understanding of general business, uh, technology, you know, technology in general. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm very biased by my personal experience of how I started that big company very different. Um, I'll also add um, that the big company that ended up buying our small company, I don't think was one of the best run big companies. I think there are better run big companies. Yeah. So I think a lot of my, my, my opinions are, bi again, biased by this very specific bad experience. Um, I'm sure there are, there are better big companies. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, thank you, Lel. Um, so what about other things that you're working on? Would you mind to share? Uh, sure, I'd love to. Um, so my background really is as, is as a web developer, but about a year ago, we were looking into rebuilding our native apps for Invoice Ninja. We had two apps, two code bases, uh, native iOS, native Android, uh, and we were struggling uh, because we're just two developers, and I was building the web app, and as I added a feature to the web app, the mobile developer would then have to you know, implement the feature twice. Mm. And we ended up compromising many times, where we wouldn't build the best feature, we'd build the most acceptable feature, and, and really would cut corners, to be honest. Mm. Uh, we were looking at React Native, uh, and I, I still think it's a great solution, but it didn't seem the right fit for us. And right at that time, the Flutter beta was announced. Uh, and it just seemed, you know, it seemed perfect. So I brought it up at a meeting, three partners, uh, and, and my, the developer partner agreed, to, to try it, but his concern was that it was a little bit too early. And so the solution we came up with was to trade roles. So I went from being a very long time web developer to a brand new mobile developer, and he switched from mobile to web. And we are now working on version two of our platform mm. uh, using these technologies. Uh, and so far it's been great. Uh, we used Flutter for our V1 mobile app, and mm -hmm. we're now in the process of porting that V1 mobile app to our V2 mobile web and desktop app. Um, when I came to Flutter, my background was web more than mobile. Uh, so as a web developer, I was kind of uh, driven to create websites for Flutter. So I made a website called itsowidgets.com with some friends in the community. Uh, and, you know, it seems to have gotten some, some decent traction thanks to support from Google. Uh, and since then, we've kind of branched out to some kind of uh, related sites, flutterevents.com, flutterpro.dev. Um, if you're listening and interested in Flutter, definitely check out. Um, and then lastly, I'm also a real passionate musician. I love music, but don't get enough, play enough of it. So I'm working on a, on a new music mobile app called Deo um, for music video. Um, yeah, if you're listening and you're a musician, please check it out. We essentially it enables people to jam virtually. So it uses the GitHub model for code applied to music. So one person can upload you know, a couple of tracks, anyone else can fork that song uh, and then add tracks, remove tracks, that kind of thing. Uh, and they're all different projects. Uh, I really enjoy the music one because it's just music and arts and fun. Uh, Invoice Ninja, I'm really lucky to be working with Flutter as technology because uh, Dart is just a great language and Flutter is an amazing uh, UI toolkit. We're really thrilled with the results. Uh, and then, yeah, it's a widgets also. These are all just very different projects kind of pull me in different directions. Uh, and lastly, I'll say I'm very lucky to have partners who allow me that kind of time to, you know, 20% to kind of dedicate to these side projects. Um, <laughs> Wow. Awesome. Awesome. And that's, that's much interesting. And um, so something just, just came to my mind, right? Um, you tend to have a lot of things you're working on. You tend to have a lot of side projects, projects um, generally. Um, how do you balance having to maintain code bases and having to learn new things and have to improve on your skills? 
Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I would say I enjoy having a few different code bases at the same time because I just find it a bit refreshing to switch context sometimes. Especially if I'm stuck in a certain area, it's really helpful to just have somewhere else I can kind of run to and just do something different and then come back to it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think having too many projects is a problem because then you're, it's just at some point you're limited by how much you can keep in your mind. Yeah. Um, looking back to my past projects, I think one of my mistakes has probably been having too many ideas and too little time. Yeah. And I think some of my ideas maybe could have succeeded, but had more success had I been willing to give them more time. Mm. I sometimes get so excited by the latest idea that that's where I kind of put all my efforts. Mm. Where I think one thing I'm constantly working on is making sure that my previous efforts, I have to, you know, I've done everything I can to make them successful. Mm. Um, that's definitely a challenge with different projects. Mm. Um, but also, I, I find my current state with these three projects, they kind of all pull me in a different direction, which I find really helpful. Uh, but it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge, uh, like anything. Um, but I, but for me personally, having just one project isn't enough. I think maybe two is the right number. Mm. Um, but yeah, again, I, I think it's a widgets. You know, I've really we've seen good success and we're seeing good user growth. So it really motivates me to kind of to keep working on it. Uh, and then, and Muday, although uh, I think it's having a hard time finding traction, mm -hmm. I just love music. <laughs> and, I, and it's also I, I spend most of my time. Which, I mean, I love the results, I love creating the app, but invoicing is a bit less fun right, than music. So it's nice to have a kind of creative outlet uh, with Modeo. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, so uh, when you're talking, a few questions just pumped to my head, right? Um, so, so let's say some of the things that I would like to ask personally, I'll just make this as an opportunity to, to get answers. Um, I consider that someone that I've had vastly experience, experienced and... Um, so, uh, for my side, um, sometimes I uh, I get to the point whereby um, I've learned a lot. Um, so, let's say there's new ways of doing things in Flutter. We have the block, you have to redox, and I tend to implement these two types of um, approach into my apps. And then, new ways comes up. You know, we have the provider, and then we have the scope model, and the rest, and the rest, and the rest. While I'm comfortable in using two approaches to work, and then there is something I called um, should I should I call it a better practice? You know, uh, what would you suggest I do in that kind of situation? Should I just um, you know learn the new ways and then start um, you know? Uh, refactoring my code base to now implement the new approach knowing that the one I have right now works well it's optimized and my product is good or I should just go ahead and learn the new ways and then still um, do the um, refactor of my code which waste time and I still have other tasks to achieve how do you balance and what do you advise Right, that's a great question. Um, I mean, just for me personally, with, with my applications, I started Flutter relatively early on, and at that point, Redux was really one of the main choices. So I find that I, I've kind of get kind of stuck in this Redux mindset. So Invoice Ninja, which is open source, is a Redux code base, and so is Mudeo also. And, and the challenge I faced was, you know, Mudeo is a side project, so I really had very limited time, mm. and it was just much quicker to copy a lot of the code I had from Invoice Ninja rather than take the time to learn. And it's not just learning the new patterns, it's also rewriting a lot of code. Mm. Um, so there's that challenge there. I would certainly avoid 
learning, every, you know, especially rewriting your app using every new technology because then you'll never make any progress. I think you have to be pragmatic mm. and say, you know, that some amount of time is spent obviously in refactoring, but again, you can't constantly rewrite just to make the code better unless you're just doing it for the, you know, to learn. You know, again, my experience being a lot in startups, I come from a very much of a business practice standpoint saying, how do we get an app shipped? Um, that said, sometimes they're just complete, you know, fundamental shifts in how we build our apps and it's worthwhile rebuilding at those points. A lot of these differences are subtle between these packages. You know, they're, you know, minimal benefits. Uh, I think sometimes you see these paradigm shifts of using a reactive framework. And in those cases, yes, you should rewrite your app because it'll be far better. Um, but when you compare something, for example, Block. Block can be great. Google uses Block. The challenge with Block is it can be hard to, hard to master and harder to understand. If you already understand Block and have a good working Block implementation, you certainly don't want to rewrite that to something like Provider because mm -hmm. Provider, I think, is better for as a beginner solution. It's super powerful. It can be used with Block. But you have to make sure that the, the you know the effort is worth it, considering the return on your investment. Um, that said, it's obviously beneficial to be aware of all new uh, options and, and review them, try to understand the benefits they provide. Um, so it's like like most things, there's a trade-off between um, you know time spent rebuilding and time spent actually adding features. Um, I would also say Flutter development is still so young that we're going to constantly see more and more. Uh, new state management options coming out, so you obviously can't rebuild with everyone. Um, but I think hopefully with time, things will settle down a bit. Uh, just personally, although we built most of our apps with Redux, if I was going to start today, mm -hmm. uh, I think MobX is a really good choice. Um, has a lot of the benefits of Redux, a lot of Boilerplate. Um, but also, if that comes down to your specific project, your specific team, uh, their past experiences. If you have a team coming from React to a Redux expert, that mm -hmm. might be the better choice for, you know, for your project. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thanks for that. And um, just two more questions. Simple ones. Um, what would be your advice for uh, um, beginners, uh, for intermediates, and for experts? You know, maybe things that things that um, you you think you'd you'd rather do better in your last five years. Huh. Okay. Um, beginners, uh, uh, one advice I give to beginners, I think something these days many developers do is they use stack, which I do as well, use Stack Overflow, use Google, and you kind of learn as you're facing problems. I find it really valuable to read a whole book. Uh, you sometimes don't realize things, you, 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 know, you, you don't know what you don't know. And so reading a book, you know, cover to cover, especially if it's a specific topic you're interested in, you can kind of find those things you may not have thought to search for. Um, so it seems to be kind of going out of fashion. Uh, but, but looking back, you know, that's certainly been very helpful. In particular, there's some books that are just timeless, like Code Complete, Gang of Four, uh, but they're kind of these essential uh, computer science books that are certainly worth refactoring. Anything by Mark Fowler, there's, there's a lot of them. Um, intermediate, uh, I, I think looking back, I didn't appreciate how important social and communication skills are as a programmer. I think we kind of focus on just being a programmer. But when I look back on my larger career, a lot of my successes and failures weren't about my skills as a programmer. They were my skills as a communicator and as a co-worker, as an employee, as a manager. Uh, that's sometimes even more important, and in particular in larger companies. Uh, I, I, I think I struggle sometimes with diplomacy, uh, and especially, you know, it can be difficult in larger companies to get, to get um, your approach considered. And I think, again, it doesn't come down to oftentimes uh, technical arguments, sometimes mm -hmm. more social and political arguments. 
something to be aware of, something worth working on. Uh, and then as an advanced programmer, uh, looking at my career, the, the best thing that's happened to me is having my own project to work on. And that might be, again, personal just because of my preferences, having autonomy and having that kind of control to build things. Mm. But I would suggest if you're an advanced programmer, uh, the, the, the solution that's worked for me is to have a day job, have something that's paying the bills, but always work on side projects. Uh, mm. And then hopefully one of those side projects will get some traction. And then hopefully you can phase off from being full-time for someone else to kind of part-time and part-time yourself and then eventually transition full-time to your own project. Well, <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, so like the more you talk, the more I have things within me that I just need to set to, right? <laughs> There's a lot to learn from you. And uh, just one more question, please. Uh so you mentioned about Stack that's really Overflow. nice to be <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned about Stack Overflow and and you know being able to instead read a book about the, the problem about the topic. Um, so are you saying that we should do less of Stack Overflow and more of understanding the topic? That's question A. And then the 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 one the other one would be, um, for you personally, what are like the things that you would say? have helped you to gain expertise over time like let's say your work routine um the things that you do the the little things that that, that i think have really helped you to gain expertise um yeah just any, any tip really do you like google a lot or do you spend time reading books you know and if it's books which kind of books would you recommend or something yeah gotcha so stack overflow is awesome use it use it more we as much as you can. I'm just suggesting it's kind of, uh, I guess, augment or add to your Stack Overflow intake with also complete books, just so you're not missing the stuff you're not searching for. But yeah, Stack Overflow, Google, this is how I code, right? It's how we all code these days. Mm. Uh, we find solutions to our problems and we implement our own, our own projects. Um, so tons of Stack Overflow. But again, I, th I think when I look back on the things I've really learned, maybe a better programmer. More of that's come from books, I think, than Stack Overflow. Stack Overflow, I think, is very good at fixing immediate problems that you're stuck on. But books have been better at making me kind of understand our software architecture and kind of larger ideas. Um, there are many blog posts also on this topic, of course, um, but just uh, look at my past experiences. Uh, then how do I become an expert? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, something I struggle with is, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, where I kind of <laughs> learn a little bit of a lot of, lot of things, right? It's a challenge. Um, I think certainly... Uh, I, I'm, str I'm constantly striving to become an expert in Flutter, uh, and one thing that's really helped is being motivated. Right? I really enjoy it. It's just an amazing and fascinating technology, so I'm just motivated to understand it as well as possible. Um, and again, and the, the best ways i found to do that, uh, in, I think a lot of the times it comes down to reading code. Uh, I'll give one example. So in the Flutter environment ecosystem, a lot of things are new and aren't necessarily well-documented. I think when you use a third-party package, it's this temptation to just, you know, you pub get install it and then it's you use it and you maybe check the readme. Uh, and I would say in particular something like Flutter Redux, mm. which is about 300 lines of code, most of it documentation. You are using some package to skim the code base. Uh, if it's well written, it should be documented. And this is, how I think, how you become the expert, right? You go from the readme, which has kind of the high level details, the code is really where the truth is uh, and where you can come kind of really uh, much more much better understanding of how it works and what the options are available to you. Well, awesome. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Ilan. I'm so, so grateful for your time. 
Um, I won't lie. I have 10 and 20 more questions. Like, I have tons of questions more, but uh, I'll save it for for later. Uh, hopefully, uh, maybe later on, we can also find some time to talk about it. Great. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, this has been fun. Again, hopefully it's been helpful. I would say anyone listening wants to reach out, feel free. I'm on Twitter. Uh, my website is just my Hillel, H-I-L-L-E-L dot dev. Um, yeah. Thanks again. <laughs> awesome.